Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today, our second hour of our two-hour extravaganza here on this Friday. Plenty of DFS talk coming up. Jim Sanis from Number Fire is going to break down every position in DFS and some of the players that you should be looking at this week. Also, Howard Bender will join me as we look at the Westgate Super Contest selections, getting ready to make those selections coming up tomorrow night for Wager Alarm. But, Joe, uh, we got some news here at the start of the show. Uh, Looks like A.J. Hinch is going to be the next manager of the Detroit Tigers, and John Heyman is now saying that this is finalized, although you'll see coming up in our graphic here, it says that it's being finalized. Looks like it is done now. Uh, another good story, Joe, for baseball, right? A.J. Hinch back after sitting out a year. It did not take long. No, I, I guess the, the question has to be asked at this point if if the Astros made the right call by moving on from A.J. Hinch because I think that most people feel like he was a top manager in the game, still is clearly a top manager in the game. The second he's available to get hired, he did by Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I think Dusty did a great job, and Dusty might have been the better guy for this particular season in a lot of ways, because I think when everybody's defensive, it's very difficult and the manager would have to defending himself all the time. I think bringing out the outside guy on Dusty Baker kind of took the edge off from everything. He was kind of the guy that stood in front of everyone and said, Hey, look, I can't speak to that. I wasn't the guy here last year. All I care about is this year. And I think that was able to kind of turn some of those conversations and maybe it would have been a little different if we had a whole season, a normal season that we would have gone through. Things might have been a little bit different, perhaps. But I think, yeah, I can't argue with the results. I mean, they got within one game of getting back to the World Series. I mean, that's a pretty good job, I would say, especially yeah. considering you lost Verlander. <laughs> you had some other injuries there in this team throughout the season. A lot of guys missed a lot of time. So I don't think so. I don't know if that means long-term it was the right decision, but I think short-term Dusty Baker was the right guy. I think it took a lot of heat off of a situation there with Houston, but I think it's a really smart hire here by the Detroit Tigers because this is another team that looks like they could turn things around quickly with some of the young talent they have in this organization. They have drafted very well. They have a lot of promising guys, and right now it's more promise than productivity. But at the same time, I think you're looking around baseball right now and you're seeing how quickly the White Sox can be good, how quickly the Padres can be good. And I think Detroit's thinking, hey, why not us? Yep. Detroit has built a lot of pitching and they mm-hmm. have major league pitching ready. What they don't have is bats. And so they're either right. going to have to assign bats or continue to draft bats. I still think they're two years away. But that's where we'll start this hour of the show. A.J. Hinch is going to be the next manager of the Detroit Tigers. He sits out one year due to suspension. 
He's back, and he is now the skipper in Motown. Minnesota will travel to Maryland tonight for their Big Ten football matchup. we got college football tonight as well, Hawaii and Wyoming. I have some interest in that one. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Ryan Braun optioned uh, declined by the Milwaukee Brewers, so uh, the end is probably here for Braun. Braun, I, I think he intimated if, if the DH was in the National League and he could do it with Milwaukee, he'd be interested in continue, but this could be the end for Ryan Braun's career. TJ Finley will start again for LSU this week. We'll see how he does. New quarterback for Clemson, who I'm not going to really uh, pronounce his name very well, but I'll give it a shot. DJ Uageli starts for Clemson. Uh, they're really more focused. They're going to win this week. They're more focused on that Notre Dame game next week, I think. And then uh, we cap it off here with Mike Tyson fighting Roy Jones. Joe, here you go. We've been asking for this for months. It's going to happen November the 28th at the Staples Center without fans. <laughs> well, here you go, Joe. Here's your opportunity. Now I want to be clear on this one here. You know, some <laughs> look. But before you put yourself out there as, as as all in and wanting to watch, I'm giving you an out here. Don't go all in. I said I said pass already. I said pass. The first okay, thing I passed. Passed. Okay. Sorry. No, I, I mean, thought, I thought look, that you were all into Tyson fighting again. No, maybe I'm wrong. I'm all into him fighting some internet YouTuber or something like that. Yeah, sure. Like, I want to watch Mike Tyson pound on a guy. I don't know. It's just to me, what I, look, when it comes to fighting, obviously, when you're watching guys that are older, this is not like the senior PGA tour. Okay. This is a different thing here. This is not golf. Uh, the fighting instincts. And look, Mike Tyson, when you see him in the workouts, dude's fast as hands as ever. I mean, the guy still can go. But the problem is, you know, it's what the body can withstand over a course of a fight. And it's very different of a workout fight than an actual fight. And, you know, two guys that have great out, you know, all time great boxing careers going at it. I mean, yeah, I mean, if I'm scrolling on Twitter and there's highlights of it, I'm going to watch, but I'm not going to pay-per-view for that bad boy. No, yeah, no, no, no I can't do that. But uh, I want to see it. I just don't want to pay for it. But if you can put it on regular TV, like if HBO or Showtime or somebody like that picked it up, okay, I'm watching it. But obviously, they're doing it for pay-per-view, I would imagine, right? Uh, it hasn't been determined yet, so I, I guess we'll see. My guess is yes. You'll You'll probably have to pay something for it. Mm-hmm. It, it, look, it's it's two big names from the past. Roy Jones is another very big name. I, I thought Roy Jones fought way too long. He fought like three yeah. or four fights too long, kept losing at the end too. So uh, I, I, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm wondering if, if FanDuel will have odds on this. I'll have to ask John Sheeran about that. Maybe that'll give us a better indication as to what's going to happen. They have odds on everything. They, they, had a, they had a contest last week I was playing uh, for the debate. I don't know if you played that. But they had a contest on no. FanDuel. And that's actually a bad job because I didn't see it until that night of the debate. But we could have covered it on the show because technically it's fantasy sports. I mean, it's fantasy. It's a vandal. We could have covered it, but they had like, what will be we the first have. question? How many things can you do? Uh-huh. But then again, you don't want to piss people off with the politics on the show. That's either, the key. So I get that. That's the, key. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. I, I mean, when you go down that road, here's the thing. It could be fun. It could be entertaining. But somewhere, somehow, someone will be offended. You're, you're going to mad. Get but if somebody's upset. not offended, are you doing it right? Don't you have to offend somebody? Otherwise, what are you doing? Like you got to piss somebody well, off somewhere around the line. I, I guess so. I'd rather I'd rather do it talking about uh, Justin Herbert than talking about the president. I did an impression of Randy Newman on the show because we were talking about Toy Story, and somebody said, "Why are you being uh-huh. somebody that has a Down syndrome on your show?" And I said, "Seriously, dude, you've never seen Toy Story." That's what the guy said in the tweet. That's where we are, America. That's where we are. Okay, our DFS preview with Jim Stannis is next. Stay on the grid here on Fantasy Sports Today. Sports 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Time now for our weekly daily fantasy sports segment. Those of you who, of course, are playing on FanDuel, you know our next guest, Jim Sanis. You can follow him on Twitter at Jim Sanis, all of his fantastic work at Number Fire, and he joins us now to see if we can fire off some big numbers this week in the DFS slate. Jim, thanks again for coming on the show. Looking forward to a big weekend. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate it. We got to bounce back after I touted DK Metcalf last week, and uh, pretty major flop. Hopefully, you did not listen to me, and hopefully, everyone used oh, Tyler Lockett I, instead. I, I, but I, I, I used Metcalf personally. But, but so. Camara was a great call. It was on the money. Like you, you had a lot of great calls. It's just I, I don't. I mean, for me in DFS, I, I guess my blind spot is is that, and, and maybe this happens with everyone. I don't have the experience you have playing. Is that when I get a zero? Or a yeah. one. I feel awful. I feel like, yeah. wow, I just, <laughs> I misfired so badly. Like, I don't mind if I get four or five, the guy doesn't have a good game. I'm like, ah, it just happens. But when a guy does nothing, I'm like, oh, like that was. If I can blame it on like touchdown luck or something like that, then it's okay. Cause it's like, oh, okay, touchdowns are kind of right. random, a little bit lucky. Uh, but when the dude just gets like no targets, I know he almost had a touchdown and stuff like that, but like, you're just like, and you're watching your lineup, like, wow, this is a great lineup. I've got DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson <laughs> left to go, Christian Kirk left to go. Oh, we're a boogie right. and then the other two guys do well but then Metcalf doesn't so hopefully we can uh, bounce back there this week and not yeah. have a Metcalf situation again I, I, w- I think it was like five points from cashing I'm like oh yeah. I got this I don't know yeah. I'll have Metcalf <laughs> left sure I'm in I'm gonna make something and it'll be nothing it was crazy but all right uh we're moving on we're moving on to this week a very dicey interesting DFS lineup for sure as we always do we're gonna go through quarterback running back wide receiver with Jim get his thoughts and then as soon as we're done I go on FanDuel and I just use all the guy that Jim said. That's pretty much what I do. Okay, so uh, Patrick Mahomes, we know what his matchup looks like this week, 9,200 against the Jets. A lot of expectations for him, certainly. We have Russell Wilson at 8,700 playing against San Francisco. Aaron Rodgers against the Minnesota Vikings at 8,400. Lamar Jackson is back after the bye with that matchup against the Steelers, probably the best football game uh, scheduled of the weekend. Josh Allen of Buffalo goes against New England. The Patriots have really fallen back, but by the way, so has Josh Allen, so something has to give this week for sure. Wow, here we are with Justin Herbert being a top six quarterback on FanDuel. He is up to $7,700, and look just under him, Burrow at (laughs) $7,600 as a rookie, and then we have Drew Brees closing our quarterbacks out here at the top tier of 7,600. So, uh, Jim, I know that weather is a factor, I think, in some of the games this week. We're going to have to 
navigate around that a little bit? Give us your best option of quarterback for the week. Yeah, I think for quarterback, whenever you see a quarterback in wind speeds of 15 or more miles per hour, downgrade expectations by about 7 to 10%. And there will still be guys this week who will be okay even after you make that downgrade. But one guy who does need that downgrade is Russell Wilson. He is facing San Francisco in a game that is not affected by wind. And I think it should be a pretty competitive game. Now, San Francisco's defense has played better recently, but they've also faced Daniel Jones, uh, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton. A lot of offenses that have been struggling a lot. Lot, whereas Seattle really is not. So I like Russ quite a bit. Lamar Jackson, $8,300. I think that is a phenomenal salary and makes up for the matchup because, yeah, it's a tough matchup. And, yeah, if you look at Lamar last year against tough defense, didn't do as well, but – uh, Pittsburgh's defense hasn't been quite as good this year as it was previously. And I think that this will just be a game where he could benefit from playing a competitive game. The Baltimore Ravens have run 88 offensive snaps the entire year mm. in the second half with a two score game. That is the second fewest in the entire league outside of the New York Jets. The Jets, the only team that have ran fewer plays competitive plays in the second half. So I think that just by volume alone and keeping that, that foot on the gas, Lamar Jackson should benefit. So I like him quite a bit. If you want to spend a little bit less a quarterback, Ryan Tannehill is $7,500. I like that game quite a bit against Cincinnati and Tannehill has been crazy efficient for now a full year. And I think that I can start to buy in finally on what he's been doing. So Tannehill $7,500. I think he works, but for me personally, if I, I have one lineup. I'm trying to find the salary to get to guys like Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. Mm, interesting there. Tannehill, uh, look, and Tennessee's defense has not played well, so that's yeah. forced Tannehill into these situations yep. where he's had to throw a little bit. All right, now going over to the running back position, Derrick Henry is the top guy this week uh, salary-wise at 9,500 going against Cincinnati. Dalvin Cook is back. Packers run defense has slid all the way, I think, to last or close to last yeah. in the NFL, which is bizarre. They're so good at the beginning of last year, too. 9,200 for Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. I, I think you pretty much know exactly what you're getting from him every week at 9,000. Uh, Aaron Jones is 8,500 with an injury designation, so we'll have to keep an eye on him this weekend. Kareem Hunt, still the solo back for now in Cleveland at 8,200. And then we'll stop here with Josh Jacobs at 7,800 against Cleveland. But look, we got to field two running backs on FanDuel here. So I'm guessing we're going to have to dig a little bit here, Jim, and find someone outside of the top tier as well as somebody using in the top tier. Yeah, I think Derrick Henry is kind of like the guy in the top tier this week because he's facing Cincinnati and like, the way that I handle Derrick Henry is I ask myself, what are the odds he makes me regret not using him? And I think those odds are higher this week than usual. So I'm going to use more Derrick Henry than I usually do as a result. If you stack with Ryan Tannehill, you're going to get every point the Titans score, every yard for the most part as well. So I like that stack quite a bit. Ryan Tannehill with Derrick Henry. I think that one works out really well. Kareem Hunt, as you mentioned, his final game potentially as a lead back for the Browns with Nick Chubb potentially coming back. And it's a game that's interesting. There is a lot of wind in that game, but running backs not as impacted by wind as other positions are. So I think that Kareem Hunt, $8,200, a really good salary for him. I think the key for this week is keeping an eye on the injury report. If Aaron Jones can't play Jamal Williams at $7,000, he'd be a tremendous option. Giovanni Bernard, I would put below Jamal Williams. If Joe Mixon sits, uh, Bernard, $5,900. It's a discount, but I'd rather pay 7000 for Jamal Williams than $5,900 for Gio Bernard. And finally, a guy who is not dependent on injuries, it's Miles Gaskin. He's still just $5,700 on FanDuel. And given the role he has played, 
I don't think he should be that low. We've seen Jordan Howard be a healthy scratch a couple of games recently. Maybe they decide to be a bit more run heavy with Tua Tungavailoa starting. So I think that Gaskin as a value option, I just don't know why his salary is this low. So I'm going to keep on using Gaskin as a value play at 5,700 and hope he can keep on doing what he's been doing recently. Yeah, it's a great call because, uh, look, even a, a, a ball into the end zone, a pass interference, Gaskin has been the guy. Howard is inactive on most of the games. I think his career is pretty much over in Miami, so it's either Gaskin or Breida, at least for the time being. All right, let's uh, dive over to receiver. Uh, we got Adams at the top, 9,100, coming off the monster game last week. Tyreek Hill, 8,100 in that matchup against the Jets. DK Metcalf has appeared at 7,800 this week. Uh, Adam Thielen, 7,700. Minnesota at Green Bay. Kenny Galladay made some unbelievable catches last week. Did not get in the end zone. 7,600. A.J. Brown's been a monster. He pops into the top 10 at 7,500. And Keenan Allen coming off a Keenan Allen game. You know, he has those every (laughs) once in a while, Jim, where he has like 15 catches for 150 yards. And he did that last week against Jacksonville. Tougher matchup, I think, this week at Denver, uh, nonetheless. All right, so wide receiver this week. The temptation for me is to go right back to Metcalf because I, I don't think he's stoppable, but I, I guess I'm a little spooked after last week. I think your instincts are right. I think this is a good week to go back to DK Metcalf. As mentioned, like there's no wind in that game, and we know what his usage can be. So Metcalf definitely grades out well. In the top tier, Devonta Adams in a wind game, don't care as much with him just because he gets a wide variety of targets and a massive volume. So Adams makes sense once again against that Vikings very young secondary. Keenan Allen, I think I'd again go right back. Despite the matchup, he's had 31% of the targets in the games he has played with Justin Herbert and Mike Williams so far this year. He gets downfield looks he's just he's so under salaried i think he's like a thousand dollars under salaried on FanDuel, even at seventy four hundred dollars if you want to go down a bit i do like jarvis landry at fifty eight hundred dollars hasn't done a whole lot this year so you could go with rashard higgins instead at fifty five hundred dollars but jarvis should get a yardage bump here he has been getting some downfield looks so far this year so i do like that but i would not blame you if you're afraid of the upside in jarvis going with rashard higgins instead finally marquise brown $5,900 in that game with Lamar Jackson. He has 27% of the Ravens' overall targets this year, along with 48% of the deep targets. That's 2.5 deep targets per game. If that game is competitive, Marquise Brown is going to benefit. So I would say $5,900. Like He's not a cash game play because of the type of targets he gets, but he's as close as he's going to be given the way I expect this game to play out. All right. Excellent stuff, as always, Jim. And thank you so much for coming on. We'll Get my lineup all set as soon as we're done with the show and hopefully cash this weekend over on FanDuel. Thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Follow Jim on Twitter, by the way, at Jim Sanis and all of his work over at Number Fire to get an edge on DFS this weekend. Thanks again, Jim. Talk to you Thank next you, week. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate it. Good luck to you this week. All right. That's Jim Sanis. I'm Craig Mish. More fantasy sports today is coming up as we take a look at the lines with Howard Bender in the Westgate Super Contest. We'll be right back on Sports Grid here on Fantasy Sports Today in just two minutes. So don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking? and want to know how to make it your career. Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood... 
we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back. It's time to take a look at the Westgate Super Contest here on Sports Grid Fantasy Sports Today. As always, we are joined by Howard Bender of Fantasy Alarm and Wager Alarm. Howard and I are in the Westgate Super Contest once again this year for the second straight week. We are 3-2 and two for the second straight week. We started 3-0, and oh, lost the final two games, and we're crying on Sunday night. But we're going to try and do a little bit better this week. Howard, we are just so close to a 4-1 and one or 5-0, and oh, and I can just close my eyes and dream of DJ Metcalf's touchdown being legit and us being 4-1 and one on the week. But it didn't happen. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Yeah, that stings a little bit. That DK Metcalf called back touchdown uh, really would have put us uh, over the top there. The Bears pick for Monday night, but we don't even have to talk about it. That was um, yeah. We can look ahead to this week and uh, and see what we got going on. Yeah, and, and look, uh, again, at the Westgate, you know, the winner is going to be 60% for the season, probably less. So we're trying to cash at this point. We are just creeping closer and closer to where we were a year ago. 1-5-0 and puts you right in a great spot. Uh, look, winning this thing is very tough. Uh, millions of dollars, right? But cashing is something realistic. We've been on the doorstep the last two years. We're trying to do it again this week. Let's take our first look as we give you our leans for the Super Contest. Saturday night on wageralarm.com, Howard and I make our picks live at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you catch us there. You can catch us here. I feel like we have a couple of leans that may end up being picks on Saturday. So let's get right to them. The early games, let's take a look at the first four games. We'll start off with the Indianapolis Colts. They are on the road at the Detroit Lions. The line is Colts minus two and a half. We took the Lions last week. That was a win for us. The Green Bay Packers are laying six and a half at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Is weather involved in this game? That's something that needs to be uh, talked about as a possibility. Buffalo Bills are at home, and they'll be taking on the hapless New England Patriots, who struggled in a big way last week. They'll be without Julian Edelman this week as well. And then we have the Tennessee Titans, who were just a Steven Goskowski missed field goal from tying up that game against Pittsburgh, maybe not having a loss against the poor Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are getting five and a half. They certainly, Howard, have played very well in all the games, most of the games they've played this season, not all, most of the games they've played this season, but they keep coming up short. Let's go through these four. Okay, well, I mean, two of these games actually really stand out the most to me. Uh, let's start with the Titans against the Bengals. You said it last week, actually. At some point, uh, it's got to wear and tear on the on the brain just to keep coming up short like this. But what we've also seen uh, is a very strong, different Derrick Henry who shows up from November on. And this game is November 1st. So when that calendar does flip, uh, Henry changes gears completely. I could see the Titans mauling the Bengals in this one here. Very heavy run scheme for uh, for Derrick Henry. Uh, the five and a half points that we're given right now, I think this one goes up. I haven't even seen uh, any movement. It's still at five and a half right now. 
So I, but I still see this one going up. I see this spread going up to uh, like almost six, six and a half uh, by the time this game plays. So that's one that I think that we both like the Titans in this one uh, on the road, the Vikings against the Packers. I know that the Packers look great right now. And Aaron Rodgers righted the ship last week, but that green Bay run defense is absolutely atrocious. And we getting Dalvin cook back for the Vikings. They're going to run the ball heavily. Uh, and that's what ends up keeping them close. They did it to Seattle. They can do it to the Packers here in a division game. So of those four games, Vikings and uh, and Titans are my leans right now. Yeah, ATS record for teams off the bye for whatever reason this year in particular has been very strong. And that's the case with Minnesota this week, no question. Also, in terms of Cincinnati, as close as they played with Cleveland last week, they were down to their last offensive lineman, and three of them are not coming back for this week's game against Tennessee. Now, that's not the strong point of Tennessee, of course. But Tennessee's defense has not played particularly well. Maybe it won't matter as much this week against the Bengals with their banged-up offensive line. Okay, let's move on to uh, some other games as well. A couple early, and then we'll move to the late. Uh, Cleveland Browns are laying two and a half at home to the Las Vegas Raiders. We have the biggest line of the season this week in Kansas City. 19.5-point favorites are the Chiefs against the New York Jets. Actually, some love on the Jets. This came down a little bit from 2021. Uh, uh, Rams in the debut of Tua on the road at Miami and going to give the Miami Dolphins three and a half points for his rookie debut. Uh, That closes out the early games, and then we have uh, one later game to get to here. It's the Saints and Bears with the Saints laying four and a half uh, points here. So, uh, Howard, I I think we throw out the Rams-Dolphins because we just would be lying if we said we knew what Tua was going to look like in game one. Historically, rookie quarterbacks don't look great in week one. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Uh, it's, it would be foolish for us to guess on that one. So let's let's try and go through some of the other ones as a possibility here. Okay, uh, Browns Raiders. I don't particularly love the Browns. Are now struggling with uh, whether or not their their ground game is going to be as strong as it was with Nick Chubb. They just lost Odell Beckham. They just lost their right guard also, who's going to be out for this game as well. And that offensive line for the for the Browns has been uh, really strong. I just you know. I, I, I'm, I'm I've been all in on the Browns uh, this season, but I, I just I, I don't love this one here, uh, so I might avoid that one. Chiefs Jets, uh, you know I, the Jets are just atrocious. Would it surprise you to see the Chiefs just you know a three score win here, a thirty four to nothing game, uh, something like that? It wouldn't surprise me at all. But I mean, I just I I can't lay this many points, nor do I want to take the Jets getting this many points. So I think it really comes down to. Uh, I guess that Saints-Bears game. Yeah. Uh, and the question that I ask you about this one here is, why is it only four and a half points? Like, the Bears looked atrocious <laughs> yeah. on Monday night. Granted, the Saints, uh, you know, they're still without Michael Thomas. Their their defense doesn't look as great. It's them on the road. It's in Chicago. Still, four and a half seems a little low for me. Yeah, it, it does. I, I guess it's just a matter of the Saints are having a hard time covering spreads. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Uh, maybe not covering spreads of one or two, but even the game that they played against Detroit earlier in the year, they were down 14-0 and had to come back to cover that one. So maybe maybe that's a part of it. On Saturday night, we'll check back in. Maybe we'll get some more value on one of those picks and, and use one of those. Okay, let's close out the afternoon and late, and then we'll get to the Sunday night and Monday night game. As it stands, we have Seattle right now laying three against the San Francisco 49ers at home after their loss Monday night. Uh, 
or Sunday night, excuse me. The Philadelphia Eagles are uh, that that line is climbing right now. It just looks like Ben DiNucci is going to have to start for Dallas. They have no other option, and Philadelphia is a seven and a half point favorite in this game. And then we have the Chargers and we have the Broncos right now, and it looks like the Chargers are three point favorites at Denver. So I certainly have my opinion on that game, but I'd love your opinion on the others. Um, all right. Well, uh, Seahawks against the Niners. Uh, I'll take the Seahawks. I'll lay the points here. They just traded for uh, Carlos Dunlap to help bolster the defensive line. Last week, uh, they signed Snacks Harrison uh, to their practice squad. So he's going through all the testing and uh, and he should be back. So, you know, the 49ers are all about running the ball. I, I get that the Seattle secondary isn't that good, but are we really going to push our chips all in on a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo with Brandon Ayuk, knowing that Debo Samuel is out? And if there is one thing, you know, we got to wait and see about Jamal Adams. Is he back for the Seahawks? If he is, I mean, that's going to be a problem for George Kittle. So I lean Seahawks uh, in this game here. Uh, I, you know, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll say Eagles. I'll lean to the Eagles, the home yeah, game. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. like the seven and a half that the Westgate's giving us here. Um, it's eight and a half now, though. So, because how? what scenario could Dallas possibly win this one of all the games? How well, listen, this one is the if one? If Danucci comes out, right? If Danucci comes out and all the fellow T-Birds from Greece are there, Zuko, <laughs> Kanicki, Duty, Putsy, whatever their names are, if they all come in and they show up, well, then Danucci, I mean, come on. How you doing? Yeah, it's 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 rough. It's rough. <laughs> Look, Dallas can't cover spreads and win with Dak Prescott. Or the or Dalton. How are they going to do it with this guy, Danucci, if he ends up playing? So. Hey, Cooper Rush just signed back to, back to the practice oh, squad here. I'd rather have Cooper Cup at quarterback. Ooh, uh, uh, I, I like Denver a little bit going into the weekend here. I, I feel like the Chargers are horrible as a favorite, and, and they really needed to exhaust every point last week to cover against Jacksonville. Uh, the Jaguars just kept coming down and scoring over and over again in that game. I don't like Denver at all. But Denver plays these slug it out, run it out, very close, low scoring games. And I think that my opinion on this one is it's it's not that I like Denver or love Denver or or even that I hate the Chargers so much. It's just when I picture this game, I picture the game tied in the fourth. And if I'm getting three points, I feel like I got to take those points. Like, I I feel like it's going to be close. We're going to be at the end of the game because this is the way that Broncos play for the most part. Uh, I, I don't want to have anything to do with them in fantasy. I don't love them in their season total. I think it's going under. But in a one-game scenario, getting points at home, I, I think I may be able to stomach it. Maybe. Okay, <laughs> let, let, let's do the marquee games of the week. Well, the marquee game of the week here, for sure, is, is Baltimore-Pittsburgh with Baltimore laying four. And then the Monday night game, we have Tampa Bay laying ten and a half at the Giants. Giants looks like have may have some COVID issues, but look, the Raiders figured out their issues last week, and and all those guys played, so we're not going to jump the gun on that one. Uh, every game that Pittsburgh and Baltimore play, Howard seems to be three points or less. But Ravens are off a bye, two weeks to prepare for Pittsburgh. So my temptation is Pittsburgh, but the Ravens are in such a good spot. And we know Pittsburgh is not going 16-0. and I hate to take a team and just say Ravens win, but they don't cover. Like, you kind of have to believe the team you're going to take is going to win the game. I want to take Pittsburgh so badly, but something, something's missing from that. I don't know what's missing. Listen, Pittsburgh has been our friend. We're 4-0 and with them this season already. They were a 
good they're a good friend of ours last year and the year before that as well. Um, you know, here's the thing. Pittsburgh's secondary is their weak point. Their front seven is rock solid. I mean, you're, you're talking about Lamar Jackson and his passing. That's what has to happen in order for the Ravens to really come out and dominate this one here. I mean, they're so bad with the with the wide receivers, they picked up Des yeah. Bryant. I'll lean yeah. the Steelers here with the four points. All right, so there you have it. Saturday night, tune in to our Wager Alarm live stream. We'll make our picks. Will Pittsburgh be one of them? You'll have to tune in to find out. Thanks again, Howard. Talk to you Saturday. Thanks, Craig. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Back on the air as we get ready to wrap up our Friday. Of course, Sunday is coming, and that means Joe Pizzapia Right back in that chair right now, maybe wearing different clothes. Yes, I'll assume he's wearing different clothes for Sunday, as it is fantasy game day on Sunday morning. What you guys got ahead in store? You'll see me in a tie every Sunday. Every Sunday I wear a tie. I get dressed up early in the morning because the church of football begins. That's right. You got to look good. You got to look good on NFL Sunday. You got to get right. You got to make sure you're like like John Witherspoon and uh, Boomerang. You got to coordinate. You got to look good. Uh, but yeah, 8 a.m., man, we're going to have everything for you right here on Fantasy Game Day on Sports Grid. Matt Stryker, Eric Young, and me, Joey P., taking you through the FanDuel slate, the do's, the don'ts, the pitfalls, the good chalk, the bad chalk, and everything in between with a whole lot of laughs. So make sure you tune in 8 a.m. Eastern to us. And then right after, Pro Football Today takes you through. You basically have, you know, this is the way we watch football, okay? This is the way we watch all of our sports with fantasy, with wagering, you know, a lot of those other NFL shows out there, they might have a segment here and there or something like that. No, no, no. we got what you need. So this is why you watch SportsGrid. Go to SportsGrid.com. Find out all the different ways, all the different platforms you can watch us. And you can stream us right there, right to your device, right to your TV, depending on what you got. I mean, it's a magical thing right now. We live in a magical, technologically advanced world where we get to have all this great content right for you exactly how you want it. So get on the grid, baby. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Come on. I'll be there on Sunday morning, as I always am, and then sitting in my office, sweating these games out every week. It's uh, By the way, did you last see Austin two, Last two weeks have been okay. Oh, I, what, what happens is when I, when I watch the games and I don't do mm -hmm. well, whether it's fantasy or in the, in the contest or wagering or whatever, I always say the same thing. Why did I torture myself for the last three hours? I could have been doing something else. And, and then when I win, I'm like, oh, this is great. It feels great. So... <laughs> Uh, it, it's 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 such an interesting dynamic with this stuff. But look, you can certainly tune into us this weekend. Hopefully, you will. And I want to get into Halloween here in a minute. Uh, but first, let's start off with fantasy reality. Okay, yeah. let's start off with Tony Larusa, the new manager of the Chicago White Sox, seventy six years old, World Series champion with the A's, World Series two time World Series champion with the St. Louis Cardinals, multiple manager of the year. Hall of Fame plaque in Cooperstown, but is certainly getting questioned a ton by why he was brought in by Jerry Reinsdorf. So, Joe, let's make the statement to end the show. Tony LaRusso will win a single postseason series with the Chicago White Sox. Fantasy or reality? I'm going to say reality. I got a lot of faith in old Tony, okay? And he is old Tony, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think Tony wouldn't take the gig if Tony didn't realize what's left in the tank. 
And I think everybody's kind of, I don't know, hyperventilating about his age and this and that. And well, he's too old school or whatever that is. Tony Larissa knows what it takes to manage in the big leagues. And I'm sure he's going to have some bench coaches and some people around that are going to help him out. And he's always been wonderful at picking out surrounding guys to help him, whether it was his first time around with the White Sox or all the way with the A's or the Cardinals or everywhere else. So I think they are going to win. And it's also because if you look at this division right now, as good as the Indians were this year, they were kind of all in because they had no choice. Their back was up against the wall. They have that looming possibility of Lindor being gone. They have looming possibilities of having to make more moves in terms of finances. They already traded Mike Clevenger. Carrasco's health has been a little up and down over the years. And obviously he is not a sure thing with some of the performances he had this year. But all of a sudden, I mean, as good as the Twins are, I mean, the Twins are always the same thing. They always lose playoff series. So that division is winnable. Tony LaRusso knows what he's doing. You don't take the job unless you know you got enough left in the tank. And I think Tony's tank is full, so I'm going to say reality. What about you, Craig? Yeah, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say reality as well. I, I don't know that he'll win a World Series or even get there with the White Sox because I'm not sure that they're ready for that in 2021 or even 2022. I, I still think... There's going to be some growing pains along with this team. But the division is, as you mentioned, the really interesting part of this because Cleveland still will be, be a good team in 2021. They may not be great, but they're still going to be good. The Twins are going to lose Nelson Cruz, and that's a big part of their team. And, and who knows? The White Sox could overtake both of those clubs. I don't think they'll be the favorite mm -hmm. to win the division, but they're going to be up there. They're, they're going to be chalky odds for them to win the division in 2021. So I'm going to say reality. I think he wins a single postseason series, if it was multiple, I probably would say fantasy. But I could definitely see uh, them, uh, La Russa, in a wild card situation winning, getting to the next round, winning again. I don't know that this will end in a World Series for him. I'll be very curious to see who he hires as his coaching staff and what the White Sox choose to do, whether they are simply all in on La Russa or if this is a situation where the next manager we may see brought in uh, to Chicago as well. Curious for that. All right, let's move on to fantasy or reality. The New England Patriots this week are, are certainly up against it. These narratives of saying, under Belichick, this has never happened. All those things are now gone. We're, we're basically mm -hmm. at ground zero here for the Patriots. Uh, this week, Joe, a must win for them, fantasy or reality. Oh, God. Yeah, we're in uncharted territories. And just for everybody else to know, I did not put this Patriot stuff in here. I always get accused of too much Patriot stuff. I've seen enough Patriots. I know exactly what I'm looking at. If you can ask me if this is a must win, I'm going to say fantasy because it doesn't matter if they win or not. This team has no future in 2020. I'm wow. sorry. It just does not. Oof. I'm sorry. They don't. And it's not a hot take. It's just clear. Julian Edelman's not in this game. And they might win this game. I'm not saying this is not a winnable game. Of course it is. I mean, Cam Newton could certainly come back here after a couple down weeks and take it personally and pull his Cam Newton chip on his shoulder game and, and pull everybody up by the haunches and get a W. In fact, I think it's probably likely. But the phrase was must win. I don't think it matters this year because even if they should backdoor their way into the playoffs, they're going to be completely outclassed by every other one of those teams in the AFC, whether it be Baltimore, whether it be Pittsburgh, whether it be Kansas City, whether it be Tennessee – all those teams they'd be woefully behind with, and that's just to name a few. There's a couple I even haven't gotten to yet. So it doesn't matter. There's no more must win. I don't think this team is a playoff team. And if they do go on a good stretch and they play better football or eke out some victories, I don't think it matters. I think the best thing right now for them to do is get some more playmakers, and the way you do that is with high draft picks. So in a way, I'm kind of rooting for them to be mediocre the rest of the season, to tell you the truth.
Ouch. Wow. Fandom going out the window there. Uh, look, two weeks ago. Realistic. Realism. Realism. I think your fandom is, is, is clouding a little bit here, the reality of it. And here's my opinion on this. Uh, first of all, two, week, two weeks ago was the must win when they lost to Denver. That's true. You can't lose that game and be considered legit. And then you back it up last week with that performance. It is very understandable. But I am going to say reality for New England, and here is why. I don't know what the future holds. It looks bleak. There's no doubt. I can't argue any of that. They added another playoff team to the mix this season. And I got to tell you that New England going to Buffalo and winning this week would put them right where they need to be to chase down that final playoff spot. I still think it's attainable. Anything can happen in a one-game scenario. And I do think even though they looked horrible last week against the run game, that the Patriots still have a top 10, top 15 defense in the NFL. I just think it was the perfect storm of Newton being out, of him having COVID, looking awful. I could be wrong about all of those things, and they could get smoked this week at Buffalo. I would tell you that some of the smartest people in betting think that New England is a great pick this week. I don't know how. I honestly don't see it that way, but there is there is strong feeling on New England having a shot to, to win this one. I'm going to say reality. It is a must-win and if they do win, it puts them back into the thick of it. Of course, I agree with you, Joe. I don't see them winning a Super Bowl for sure. But it still is Cam Newton. He did look fantastic the first two weeks of the season. I'm not going to discount it or rule it out. I'll go against you on this one and say must win. Wouldn't surprise any. Nothing would surprise me in this game in particular. But I don't think they're done yet. This this would be the nail in the coffin this week, though. I, I would say mm-hmm. that. Okay. Trick-or-treating for some coming up this weekend. For most, there is none. So it's, it just depends on who you are and what you are. It, it, it kind of feels like this weekend here in, in Florida, of course, we're allowing everything to happen here. So we'll have to exercise caution, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but, but we're going to focus more on the candy for Halloween this year because I, I think that we'll probably be missing a lot of candy this year. Normally, it's a time where we gorge on all kinds of candy. And, and, and look, I, I have my way with it, too, once a year, no doubt about that. Uh, candy corn is, is the popular discussion and debate for Halloween time. So let's get into it here a little bit. Candy corn, fantasy or reality, Joe, is a tasty Halloween tweet. Uh, tweet, tweet. I don't tweet. Oh, tweet. <laughs> so what do you think, Quagmish? I thought I thought <laughs> gonna, that there, yeah. <laughs> Careful, don't do voices. You never know what people are going to think of you. Uh, uh, here's the thing. And this is a true story. I actually never tried candy corn as a kid. I was always, everyone always told me it's gross as all these things. And then I tried it, I think as like a teenager. And I went, this isn't so bad. I don't mind it. But I, I would say this. I think that in the words, is it tasty? No. I think it's okay. You have a piece of candy corn, you go, uh, okay. But I don't know if I really even enjoy it. I will eat it if it's like on a cupcake or something like that. But I'm not grabbing a handful of this stuff. I'm also not as averse to it as a lot of other people are people see candy corn and they're like oh that's the most disgusting thing ever it's where i've seen way more gross things than that in terms of candy and i'm not a big candy guy i'm a chocolate guy personally so give me the reese's that's what i want i want the hershey bars i want all those things i don't want coconut and anything i want any of that stuff no just give me the chocolate get out of my way take your smarties and your candy corn all your other stuff you can have it circus peanuts that's gross. Who the hell would eat that? It looks like somebody had a bag of dust or something and collected it into like a little shape. And you ever see those in the store? Like in CVS when you're waiting around CVS? You never saw a bag of circus peanuts? You never seen these? Be- that is a gross looking candy. Who the heck is eating that? I don't know. There's all kinds of I think of I know what you're talking like about that. now. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Now. yeah. No. I mean, I, and, I don't, and I don't there's like gummies that. and 
There's gummy things. I don't do gummy stuff. Nah, I don't want any of that. I'll eat the candy corn fantasy. I don't think it's tasty, but okay. What do you like the candy corn? Are you a candy corn guy? No, I'm going to say fantasy. You know, for me with candy corn, it's, it's like a once in a three or four year deal. Like you go trick or treating and the kids get, get home with all the candy and then they're spreading it around. And, you know, in the past years they would trade my son and my daughter would trade and, you know, like look through it all. And then I would see candy corn and say no. But once every like three years, I'd be like, ah, you know, let me give it a shot again just to see if I'm missing something. Like if like if for some reason they've changed the recipe of candy corn, you know, and, and the, answer is, the answer is no. It's still the same. Uh, it, it's the kind of thing for me that when I when I have the one, it tastes good for a second. And then I'm like, oh, right. yeah, like I like, remember. Like, no, and then it goes weird I- on you. That That's right. Yeah, I'm the same way about peeps. Once every couple years at Easter time, there'll be a peep and I'll go, oh, let me try it. Or there'll be that different flavored peep. And you go, oh, yeah. okay, was this a chocolate one? Okay. And you eat it and you're like, this doesn't taste like anything that should be ingested by a human being. And I know Howard, we just had on the program. Howard has a very yeah, checkered a past. Yeah. Very, yeah. very checkered past with tweet, uh, peeps. He's eaten uh, hundreds in one day. It's a, yes, a yeah. scary thing. I don't yeah. know how he is still alive. But yeah. I think everybody has that one thing where they try periodically something and then they don't like it really. And then a couple of years go by and they're like, yeah, I'll try this again. Try and, it again. No, it's never right. good. Yeah. We're not very bright. The human race is not very smart. No, we are not. <laughs> no, no, we are not. So, so do you, so what are, what are you doing for Halloween with your kids? Well, uh, we've been doing some Halloween movie stuff and some fun stuff. We watch Clue. But are you going to the training at all or no? We're not doing that. We're watching Ghostbusters tonight. We're having a big movie night with the popcorn and the whole thing. They've never seen Ghostbusters, so we're going to give that a whirl. We're going to go visit my folks down in uh, South Jersey, do a little trick-or-treat run. And my parents always had the premium candy anyway. It was always the frustrating thing when you're a kid. You'd go out there and get a bunch of the candy you don't like. And meanwhile, at your house, they're giving out like full-size Reese's peanut butter cup things. You're like, what am I doing? Why am I doing all this work? All the good candy's here. Oh, it's crazy. How about you? Are your kids going out or no? Uh, I, I think we're going to walk around the neighborhood, but I don't think we're going to get any candy. I think we're going to do a pseudo uh, Halloween deal here tomorrow. But mm. uh, look, we'll uh, we'll definitely practice social distancing and being safe on Halloween. There's no doubt about that. Uh, OK, well, we got to wrap things up next. We have some news on the New York Mets and we'll get to their ownership situation next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Updates on fantasy football here. A couple of quick notes here at running back. Number one for the Green Bay Packers. No Aaron Jones at practice again today. Possibly a situation where Jamal Williams will play. Also, The Athletic reporting that tired legs, the reason why Jarek McKinnon has not been playing, a possibility of Jamichael Hasty being the lead back this weekend for the 49ers. Let's turn it over to Joe. He's got this final edition on this Friday of the Sports Grid 60. Joe? 2020 has been a very difficult year. There's no doubt about that. But... It's also been a year of new beginnings, and maybe, just maybe, all of this will be worth it now that the Mets apparently have new ownership approved. Yes, that's right. My supposed savior, Mr. Cohen, is now going to take over the New York Mets ownership and maybe start spending money and maybe start holding people accountable and maybe maybe even care 
about the product on the field and not just about some Ponzi scheme or something else going on instead. It's not just about making money. It's about winning games. And last time I checked, the Mets are in the biggest media market in the globe in New York. And we're constantly the redheaded stepchild to the Yankees. And rightfully so, we deserve our place there. But maybe, just maybe, the stepchild just got a new daddy. And maybe, all of a sudden, daddy's got big pockets and things might turn around. One can only hope. Hopefully for the Mets, because you guys have endured a lot through the years. It needs to get better. Uh, well, it looks like we're going to have a one-off here on, on Halloween. It does seem to be a different Halloween. I think we're all hopeful that in 2021, by the time we get to October, there's some sort of vaccine for COVID-19 and we can you know kind of get back to normal here. October of next year is a long ways away. I'm hopeful that we could get back to that with everything being uncertain as we close out 2020. Uh, so the thing to remind yourself this year is that as much as you don't want to do anything for Halloween and you do want to be careful, wear a mask, practice social distancing, all that, don't lose sight of it if you do have kids. Because the last thing that you want to do with a young kid is make them forget about how much fun it was when you were a kid to be trick-or-treating and doing things on Halloween. So make the best of it. Make sure they understand it's still about fun, but it's also about safety. And hopefully 2020 will be the last time that we all have to kind of sit out trick-or-treating on Halloween. There's no doubt. All right, that'll do it for our show. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Be safe. Thanks again to our folks at LTN. For Danny and Brett, my co-host Joe, I'm Craig Mish. See you again Monday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.